welcome to the Work and Play podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Joyce. As a mother of four over the years, I've found that there's a lot of pressure on moms. Pressure to appear perfect and to put everyone else first. In today's episode, I'm going to share my experiences with mom guilt and how I've learned to say mom guilt and do the best I can. One thing I think is really important to touch on in today's episode is comparison. Women do this way too much, and it's very unhealthy. It's never going to make you feel good comparing yourself to someone else. So when we're comparing, we're usually envious, we're feeling jealous, we're wondering why that mom's got it all together and we don't. So comparing to others either makes you feel inadequate or you're trying to feel superior. And either way, they're both very unhealthy. So who cares if some other mom's house is always clean and her kids seem to have it all together and they do better in school than your kids. You should be focusing on your own happiness, your own family, because nobody is perfect. Comparing to others is only ever going to foster feelings of envy and greed and jealousy. And this is just going to raise your negative vibrations and your negative energies. How do you ever think you're going to feel good if you're comparing yourself to other people? And if by comparing to other people, this is a way that you're getting validation, this is a terrible, terrible habit. And it's only actually going to end up making you feel worse. We're all equal and you should never be looking at other people like you're superior to them because you have more than them or maybe you have a cleaner home or maybe you have time for fitness and other moms don't or maybe you have the opportunity to stay home with your children and you're shaming other moms because they have to go to work daily. Comparing to other women is never a good thing and it's never actually going to make you feel good at your core. We're all equal, no matter what material things we have, how many pairs of Lululemon pants that we own, we're all doing the best that we can to be women and to be moms. So let's start fixing each other's crowns instead of tearing each other down. So here's my suggestion on how you can stop comparing yourself to other women, which is only in the end gonna make you feel inadequate. I suggest stop creeping people on social media. I recently, and this is a moment of truth for me, I stopped looking up people's accounts that uh, I found jealousy in or greed or envy and I had to make a, an actual effort to say no I'm not going to look certain people up on social media because it didn't make me feel good. So since I've done that I felt a little sense of freedom and a little bit of control over those feelings that I could get sucked into. So that's number one. And you know, we all do that. We we look at other people's social media accounts and then we we tend to feel bad. So number one, please stop doing that. Number two, take time to appreciate your life and what you have to offer yourself and your family. Be grateful for the life that you do have. So comparison is actually a really good segue into the next topic that I wanted to talk about, which is this kind of ideal perfect family that is sort of out there. And I keep talking about social media because that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time 
consuming is social media. So a lot of us moms spend time on Facebook or maybe on Instagram, and you're seeing photos uh, and videos of other people's families. And you're looking at this little picture-perfect family, and maybe that is kind of feeding into some feelings of envy again, or maybe that's making you sort of compare your family to their family. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that there is no such thing as a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect individual. We all have flaws. Just think about it for a second. When you go to select a new profile picture for Facebook, are you just taking one photo when you wake up in the morning, you have no makeup on and you don't feel great about yourself? No, you're going to probably pick the best photo that you've recently taken that you feel good in, that you feel confident, that maybe you have a great outfit on. So you're not always going to be seeing people at their worst. You're never really going to be seeing people at their worst when you're, we're talking about looking at social media. So keep that in mind when you're maybe feeling a little low and you see that there's this family that looks so perfect and then it makes you kind of dwell on the things in your family that maybe you don't think are perfect. Also, maybe take a minute to think about, uh, I mean, I have four kids and a stepdaughter, so we're a family of seven. There's a lot of us. And so if we're trying to get a family photo, often it takes a long time to one, get us all in the same room. But there's things going on behind the scenes. We may be smiling in the picture, but maybe two minutes before that, I had to threaten my 12 year old, you better smile with that little mom voice. So we have to keep in mind that not everybody's perfect all the time. And just because you have that picture perfect family that you see sometimes, it's it's not always the truth at all moments. So I really know about this like picture perfect family thing from experience because in my previous marriage, I put on a front and I shared a lot of things on Facebook that portrayed my family in such a way that my marriage was perfect, my life was perfect, my kids were perfect, and that I was this super mom who had it all together all the time. And in reality, behind closed doors, my ex-husband and I had a very toxic marriage. We were both very unhappy. Our kids saw us fight way too much and life was hard. I found being a mom hard, and although I loved it, that was the highlight of my life at that time, but I definitely put us out there on social media as if we were perfect, to the extreme where when my marriage fell apart and I finally couldn't take it anymore and I decided to leave that unhealthy part of my life, I had some friends and family who seemed very surprised that that this is what it had come to because I wasn't authentic. I wasn't honest enough. And I, you know, and that's normal. A lot of people don't share negative things on social media. And that's not really what I'm getting at here. But at some point, we have to remember that there's sometimes more behind the smiling faces. And that's not to say that every picture that you see or, and it's not just about social media and pictures, but it's just to say that this comparing to other people, everybody has their demons and there's always things um, that go on behind the scenes and no family is perfect. No mom is perfect. No dad is perfect. And so it's important to note 
that you should just be present with your own family, thinking about your own family, and try to just remember that your priority is you, your family, and to not kind of go there and worry about what other people are doing, what other people are looking like, how much money other people make. It doesn't really matter. I guess another point that would be nice for me to talk about is maybe if we share some real moments, we might kind of break down those barriers that makes other people feel really insecure about the use of social media. So recently on my stories on Instagram, I started showing some moments of vulnerabilities and I recently lost my sister and I had some moments of maybe when I was next to tears and I was talking about my experiences and and I actually put a video up of my household one day that was very fun. We were having a great time. All the kids were running around and the baby was having a good time and we were just having a blast. And then in contrast, the next morning I put another story up that was baby was having a complete meltdown and the kids were just kind of off the wall. And I kind of put, put on this note that said like, mom life is hard. So I think that it would be nice to see more things that are authentic on our social media and in our feed, and even just talking to your friends and talking to other moms about the reality of our day-to-day -day lives and that we aren't always perfect all the time and just kind of break it down to, to show some, some real life so that people don't feel all caught up in comparing to other people or feeling inadequate because we're all humans and we all have struggles and nobody's kids are perfect and no moms are perfect. So I challenge you to share something that you have struggled with or had a challenge with in your mom life. It took me a while to come to terms with this next point that I'm going to talk about. As I keep mentioning, I have four children. So I've been at this mom game for almost 18 years. And in the beginning, I often got sucked into that other people's opinions of how I was parenting mattered almost more than my own. And I had a lot of insight because I was a young mom with my first daughter. I actually got pregnant when I was 17 years old. And uh, yeah, I was a teen mom. So I did need support and help. But I often found that instead of support, it was more like judgment and people second guessing my, my parenting choices, even though they were what was working best for my daughter and my family at the time. As a more seasoned mom, now after having my son, at this point, I kind of have learned to filter out the nonsense, filter out the noise, and just sort of accept that my choices about how I parent are just that. They're mine and my fiance's. And we, we choose to parent our children in a in a way that belongs to us and that, that we had to sometimes in my life... Um, not with my son, but in my previous life, I had to put down some kind of lines and some boundaries and sort of not let other people think that they can take control in your parenting style. So that that's really important conversation that I think that we need to have. So I think that one thing nowadays in 2020 that's really nice is that um, having social media kind of blowing up, we can find a lot of different 
networks and communities, online communities, especially during the pandemic when you can't physically get together for mom groups and and things like that. It's nice to have a sense of community and feel like you're a part of something. But at the same time, you have to tread lightly and be careful because I have noticed I'm in several different mom groups on Facebook and I've noticed that there is a lot of mom shaming. It seems like people have all of these opinions about how other moms parent. And I'm sorry, but that is absolutely terrible. If it's not your kid, it's not your business. So If you're one of those moms that is quick to judge, maybe you just need to take a step back and just think for a moment, if this is not my child, then maybe I shouldn't comment. Different if someone's asking an opinion about something and they want advice, just be careful how you you talk. And just remember, my mom growing up always said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So if you're reading a post or something and you don't necessarily agree with it and you think you're just going to go off and say something that's only your opinion that's not really going to add value then maybe just hold your comments to yourself so that's one thing that I do find hard as a mom is that sometimes I've seen people are kind of looking for support and then they get mom shamed and this has been a very common thing I found after I had my son I'm in some groups for new new parents or for newborns, babies, toddlers, that kind of thing. And one topic that has always been this sort of like hard topic for some people to swallow is breastfeeding versus bottle feeding. And there seems to be so much judgment surrounding that. And I, I'm going to tell you my stance on that is it's totally your choice. You do what is right for you, what works for your lifestyle, what works for your baby. And the truth of the matter is some women just can't produce the milk or it just does not work for them or it doesn't feel right to them. So as moms, especially with that topic, because there's a lot of judgment surrounding that, if it's not your kid, it's not your business. So drop it. Just back to that breastfeeding topic one more time. I actually, as I mentioned earlier, I had a daughter when I was a teenager. So I was 18 years old when I had her. And then I went right into a college program when she was six weeks old. I didn't have a big turnaround time. I certainly didn't have a maternity leave. So for me, it was a no-brainer. I did not feel that nursing was going to be best for me at that time, that I needed to be able to pass the baby off and have anybody feed her and everybody could kind of come in as a community. And then with my subsequent babies, once I was working and I had full-time jobs so I could take a maternity leave. So I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself though. I was like, okay, I'm going to try it try nursing, see how it works. And it was hard. It was really hard with my first baby. It took a long time for my milk to come in. I was having latch issues. There were a lot of parts of nursing that were hard for me. But in the end, it did end up working, and that's how I ended up feeding my baby for 10 months. And then with the next two babies that came after that, I nursed as well. But my point of this story is, you know, my now 17-year-old daughter, almost 18, is just as healthy and happy, and she was a healthy, happy baby. She was a healthy, happy child as my three subsequent babies who were all nursed. So... I think that that's something that just needs to be kind of shut down. Any any mom shame regarding that topic for sure. Another thing to just keep in mind is that, you know, everybody 
is in a different situation. So, you know, some moms have the opportunity to stay home and take care of their babies and all the power to them. That is amazing. If you're, you have the financial means to be able to do that, or if that's your choice to do that, then that's fantastic. And some moms like me, you know, I don't think I have the patience, even if I had the financial means to stay home full time and care for my kids. So I think like stay at home moms are amazing. I also think working moms are amazing. So this kind of divide that we have between the stay at home moms and the working moms, I think that that needs to stop and we just need to support each other for our choices. And the other thing is sometimes we don't have the option. Maybe some, some families, you know, are a single parent and that, that mom does not have the opportunity to stay home or it's okay if you don't want to stay home like me. I mean, my best case scenario would be to do it 50% of the time. If I could work 50% of the time, work on my business and then have that social interaction piece and then also spend the rest of the time with the kids. Like that would be my perfect balance. But it's important to note that we, we don't have the right to judge other people. I think some of this mom shaming has sort of been passed on through generations because typically in the past generations, the woman's work was in the home, right? And the woman cared for the children. She kept the home tidy, cooked and cleaned and made sure that she raised these perfect children. So often we might hear from other generations that, you know, we might get some, some ideas from uh, mother-in-laws, which I do not have this issue, so I'm not speaking about my mother-in-law, but you might have the overbearing mother-in-law that says, oh no, my son shouldn't do this, or maybe, you know, you should try this with your child instead. And, you know, people are just kind of overstepping the bounds a little bit. And sometimes I think that that has to do with the fact that in previous generations, things were done a certain way, but it's 2020 now. So everyone in a relationship, whether it's a man and a woman, woman and a woman, man and a man, whatever, you should be splitting your duties 50-50 with your partner. And sometimes that means if one of you is staying home with the children, then obviously that person is going to have more of the children duties during the daytime. But when the two of you are home in the evening, everything else should be shared. It's not the woman's job to keep your home clean and put a meal in front of you. That's kind of old school. And that's not where we're at anymore. We're about equality and raising kids together. So we're actually living in a time now where, you know, if women choose to not take a maternity leave and the, the man wants to take a, a parental leave or the other parent wants to take a parental leave, then they can totally do that. And that is great that we're in a time where we're sharing that load. In my household, everything with my partner and I, we split it 50-50. So any duties with the children, like baths, sometimes I'm cleaning up after supper and my fiance baths our son or vice versa. If he cooks, then I clean up and he does a lot of the cooking. Uh, I cook some days, but when he's cooking, I might be picking up more of the laundry duties. So everything is shared 50-50 and that's the way that it should be. In my previous marriage, uh, I don't want to bash anyone, but in my previous marriage, that's not the way that it was. And I felt very overwhelmed, very stressed. So if you're not necessarily getting the support from your partner, maybe you need to sit down and have a conversation because it's really important that duties like that should be shared 50-50 because not everything should fall on mom. One of the number one things 
that you need to remember as a mom is to cut yourself some slack. No one is perfect. Your kids don't expect you to be perfect. You really can't live up to that expectation. If you set out to say, I'm going to be super mom, then you're going to fail. Some days, if you're tired, it's not going to kill your kids to have a box of craft dinner for supper. Or let's look at something like putting some responsibilities back on your children instead of you doing absolutely everything for them. This is going to teach your children some life lessons as well. That's going to teach them responsibility, resilience, and how to be self-sufficient. So recently in my household, we started getting our eight-year-olds to start making their own lunches. And I don't know why this was long overdue. I just have this kind of control issue, which I I hear commonly with a lot of my women friends. Um, I wanted to make sure that they had, you know, some healthy snack, a healthy component, that they didn't take too much junk, that they had enough food, and that I had control over what they had in their lunch. But I recently flipped that and I said, you know what, things are becoming a little too much. We're we're kind of babying them a little bit. And at eight years old, you can give your kids responsibilities. You can actually even give them responsibilities much younger than eight years old. So they started making their own lunches and we're just kind of in the room overseeing it. And you know what? Yes, it takes a little bit longer. They often make a mess, but they have to clean up the mess. And I'm still there saying, put in a healthy snack and you can take a treat snack and whatever. But at the end of the day, this is teaching them something that they are responsible to make sure that they get their lunch bag out, pack their own lunch, and then that's off of my plate. You should not be cleaning your children's rooms. Now, if you're anything like me, a messy room drives me absolutely crazy. So some of the times when I walk by my kid's room, I can't help but go in and pick up a few things here and there. But your children should be the ones who are doing the day-to-day cleaning of their room. And I'm going to be honest here. Sometimes when I I walk by those rooms, I do go in and maybe do a, a nicer clean than they did. But they should still be picking up after themselves every day, making their beds, making sure that they put their clothes in the laundry basket. That's really important. And then again, that's things that you don't have to do. Make chores a family affair. So you can cut yourself some slack by making your kids, and in my house I have a lot of kids, so I can make a lot of chore lists. (laughs) Make a chore list for your kids that are suitable to their age. In my house, as I mentioned, we have uh, two eight-year-olds, we have 12-year-old, we have a 17-year-old. So the 17-year-old often does things like yard work and things like that. And everyone has to keep their own rooms clean, tidy up after themselves. But I started getting our kids to kind of share the load of the bathroom. So they have, they have like the kids bathroom and then we have an ensuite bathroom. So, um, one of them cleans the sink, one of them cleans the tub, one of them cleans the toilet. And that also teaches them how to take care of themselves because eventually they're going to be out on their own and they're going to need to know how to do those things. Another way you can cut yourself some slack is, you know, as a mom, I have a lot of children, but sometimes even just one of them, they can get on your nerves and that is absolutely normal. And if you're sitting there nodding your head going, yes, sometimes my kids drive me crazy, then you're a human. Okay. And if you snap or if you, you yell at them sometimes, like that happens and, and kids can get under your skin and don't be so hard on yourself, but it's how you react to the mistake that you made. Or maybe if you went over the top and you, maybe you feel like that wasn't a nice reaction to your kids. It's how you react to that. That is going to be a teachable moment for your kids. So 
I don't do this all the time, but there are times when I have snapped because I'm just at my wit's end. Work was really crazy. The kids are going a little bananas and maybe I've completely snapped at one of them. Recently, one of my daughters decided that it would be a good idea to go poop outside. So in our backyard, and we don't have a really secluded house and there was just a lot going on in the house that day. And I like lost it when, when the other kids told me that she did that, I lost my mind at my daughter and sent her to her room because I really knew that I was just going to be mean if she was around me. So I sent her to her room and then I went to my room and I cooled off for a little bit because I knew that the level of anger that I was experiencing was not proportional to what she had actually done. Now, no, she shouldn't have gone outside to go to the bathroom in a, the kind of public area, but the, you know, my reaction shouldn't have been what it was going to be. So I put myself on a mommy timeout. She was in a timeout. And then once things cooled down, I went in and I talked to her. This is why you shouldn't do this. Do, 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 do. And then after that, I apologized to her because I did overreact and I hurt her feelings. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with disciplining your children. In fact, you have to discipline your children. However, you know, sometimes you might go a little over the edge and uh, react. And you don't need to f- beat yourself up over that. But you do need to take responsibility, just like we want our kids to take responsibility. So use those moments as a teachable moment. So here's the thing. As parents, we often feel overwhelmed, there's a lot going on, and we might let our kids watch some TV or let them use an electronic or something. And you shouldn't beat yourself up over that. Please don't feel guilty about that. We all do that. And if you don't, then that's great. I'm sure that your kids have some other, some other way of, of entertaining themselves so that you can have a moment of peace. And so don't feel guilty about that. But what I will challenge you is that If you let your kids do that, because my kids, certainly they have some screen time that they're allowed every day. And during that time, maybe that's when I am starting to prepare meals or getting ready for the next day, or maybe I'm doing something with the baby. But what is important is that if you're allowing your kids to have that sort of, that's downtime for them, but if you're allowing them to kind of have that screen time, that time that's maybe not the most healthy activity for their brain, that you also schedule in some quality time. So the time that they do get with their mom should be complete devoted time to them. And that doesn't mean that it has to be hours and hours and hours every day, but maybe you sit down with them, you know, before bed and you read them a book and you talk to them, you look at them, you give them your undivided attention. And sometimes on a school night, well, maybe that's all the time you get because maybe you get home at 5 p.m. and then bedtime is 7 if if we're talking about my toddler. So, you know, you kind of squeeze in that time, but that's okay. Forgive yourself for allowing maybe the TV or something or not giving your yourself to your kids 100% of the time, but when you are with them and when you you are able to, you need to give them that extra quality time. So the point is here no matter what's going on and if you feed your kids a hot dog every once in a while or if they watch a little bit of TV or maybe sometimes you forget to remind them to do their homework or you know you want to take a bubble bath and have a glass of wine you're doing the best you can 
And it's, as long as you love your kids, their basic needs are met, and then you're making sure that you do spend some quality time with them, you are doing the best you can, and you should applaud yourself for that. So moms are really bad for putting themselves on the back burner. I hear all the time stories of friends and family who, you know, it's all about the kids or it's all about the spouse. And, you know, nowhere in there do I hear that mom is a priority. And it's so important. And some people feel like it's selfish, but I'm going to tell you right now that making yourself a priority is definitely not selfish. It's the farthest thing from selfish. Because if you make yourself a priority and take good care of your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health, then you are going to be the best version of yourself for your family. You're going to be the best spouse. You're going to be the best mom, the best friend, the best you that you can be. So that is so important and you need to do that. Not only should you make yourself a priority, you should be number one in your own life. And a lot of people have a hard time hearing that and, and recognizing that and believing that you should even put yourself above your own children. And I, listen, I know I love my kids to the friggin' moon and back. However, I know that I need to say, sometimes kids, mommy needs to go do yoga for a little while. I need to leave you guys and I need to go and do this, or I need to go and I need to read a book about mental health or spirituality or I need to meditate. You know why? Because that makes me better for my kids. If you're running on fumes and your tank is empty and you have nothing left to give, then you really can't, you're no good for anyone. You can't care for your kids. So you need to fill your cup. You need to fill your cup up and take care of yourself and make yourself a priority. So what does that mean, making yourself a priority? How can you do that? How can you fit that in if you're a busy mom? Well, you start by squeezing yourself in, slot it in. If, you, if it's exercise, that, that that's what you're going to be doing, then get up an extra half an hour earlier in the morning and make yourself a priority. Put it in your calendar. Or in the evening, let your kids watch a little bit of TV or let them go and play in their rooms quietly or go play outside or hang out with daddy for a little bit so that you can go and get a 15-20 minute workout in by yourself. When I was working full-time, one of the ways that I would make sure that I could get some physical activity in every day, because by the time I got home from work, I was exhausted. And even though I had a very supportive partner and I could totally say that I wanted to go downstairs for a little bit and exercise, I found I was just spent and I had nothing left, nothing left in the tank. I could, couldn't possibly squeeze out any exercise on top of this already huge day that I had. So I started going to the gym on my lunch break and doing like a 20 minute HIIT workout. And I'm not sure if anyone on here is following my YouTube channel, but I do have a lot of different HIIT workouts that are only about 20 minutes long. So that's what I would do on my lunch break. I would squeeze it in then because I knew by the time that I got home, I just had nothing left to give. So when I'm talking about making yourself a priority, I'm not only talking about staying active and exercising. I'm also just talking about doing things that bring you joy. And some of these things you can incorporate your children and you don't have to 
you know, sneak away for a half an hour. I recently started doing things like getting the kids to, to draw something and I would sit down and actually draw with them. And the funny thing is I kind of forgot that I used to like drawing a lot when I was younger. So, you know, those kinds of things that bring you joy, you can also do it with your family. But sometimes making yourself a priority can be simply just needing to relax for a little bit and clear your mind. So I have been really heavily into meditation. And so taking 10 minutes and going and sitting in a quiet room and meditating and trying to clear your mind and calm your calm your brain is so good for you. But also doing these kinds of things for yourself actually makes you a role model for your children because you're teaching them coping mechanisms of how to deal with stress and how to make themselves a priority. So you're really being that role model that children need to look up to. So something I started two years ago in making myself a priority is taking a momcation. So a momcation for me basically is just having a total kid-free day where I go somewhere for a night. I had booked an Airbnb last summer and I went to a couple wineries. I did some yoga. I journaled. I wrote a little bit. I read a lot. I drank some wine and it was just a total unwind and it was just making myself a priority and kind of thanking myself for showing up and it was lovely. So this momcation now has become an annual thing for me. So this year I did the same thing. Um, I booked an Airbnb. I went to a really nice, quiet, remote location that was just very conducive to yoga and relaxation. I took myself out to dinner and it was just fantastic. So if you have the opportunity and actually, even if you don't have the financial means to go and book a place and stay overnight. Maybe you can go to a friend's house and you can go and just have a sleepover with a friend and hang out with them and have some wine or not, and just have some girl talk and chat. Or maybe you even have the opportunity that your spouse can take your kids away from your own house, go to the grandparents' house for a night, and you can just be in your own home. So there's all kinds of ways that you can do this momcation, but it's a really nice way to kind of reset and you come back feeling more fresh and energized and ready to be like the best version of you that you can be and a really great mom and partner for everyone in your home. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and check me out on Instagram and Facebook. We live in a really difficult world right now. Moms are definitely carrying a lot on their shoulders, feeling a lot of different pressures, but I'm going to challenge you to please don't mom shame, feel proud of who you are and the mom that you are, and just go give your babies a hug. Take good care of yourself. Take care.